morning and Merry Christmas to you all as well and I believe you're going to have a blessed 2022 best ever I believe that the best is upon us best is not coming the best is upon us say the best is upon me yeah we like to say well you know you're the best is yet to come say that? Well, we must keep pushing the best out. Why don't we just say the best is upon me? It's here already. Amen. You know, I want to tell a little bit about Jackie this morning just to start. She's always got these one-liners that cause me to just fall on the floor. Just, I mean, honestly, I don't know where she comes from, where she gets these from, but it's just remarkable. So over Christmas, she was telling everybody what to do. Do this, do that, just don't touch this, touch that, put the foot there, do that there, and you need to do this. And so, And eventually we said, why do you keep meddling in our business? Why do you keep telling us what to do? She said, Be- because I have no business, so I have to meddle in your business. <laughs> she doesn't have any business. Love you, babe. Too funny. All right. Well, good to see you here all this morning, and we're going to have a good time. Praise God for what He's planned for us today and the coming year. So the sermon is titled, Stand Fast and Hold On. Stand Fast and Hold On. As we look at 2021 in the rearview mirror, um, we have faced some headwinds and some speed bumps, and... uh, you know, it reminds me of when we first came to the, to the States and we went to, to the shopping mall here, right close by, and uh, we saw those escalators, you know, coming down. In our shopping malls, we didn't, it was very seldom we had an escalator. So our children were young, and it looked like a great fun thing to play on. So instead of coming down the escalator, what do you think they did? They ran up. They ran up the escalator. And so they were, who could make it to the top? So Cindy and Hayne would run, 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 and then stop and come back down. And, you know, that's what kind of reminds me of of 21, is that we pressed on, we ran hard, and the moment we stopped to take a breath, (laughs) down to the bottom again. Oh, no, oh, no. Like it was one step forward and two backwards. It It was pretty tough. Pretty tough. Every time we stopped climbing, we lost momentum and moved backwards. Now, <clears throat> there has been unrelenting pressure during this past year. The vaccine mandates, mask mandates, uh, financial pressures, health challenges. We even lost some of our dear friends and brothers and sisters here who went on to be with the Lord Jesus uh, during this time. But, you know, through it all, as the song says... I've come to trust in Jesus. Can you finish it for me? And I've come to trust in God. Some of you are obviously not old enough to know the song. But that's okay. It's a great song. Through it all. Through it all, I've come to trust in the Lord. But you know, for some people, 
Uh, this year, uh, 21, was actually a fantastic year. It was just blessed. It was just amazing things happened to them. I take Hain and, and, and Anya for example. Uh, you know, uh, they moved to Texas year before. And they got there, were able to build a brand new home, uh, you know, much bigger than the one they had here, maybe half the price. And everything that they wanted is in it, and all their art is in it. And then God blesses them with the baby that they've been wanting for five years. And Haynes' business, uh, is the remodeling of kitchens and bathrooms and that kind of stuff, has just taken off. He doesn't even advertise for business. It's all by referral. People just want him, and he's got business stacked up as much as he wants. He's just been absolutely blessed. Amen? And many of you have got blessed during this year. You've got promotions. You've got increases. Families came together. Relationships were improved. So there's many things that, that God has done for us and is still doing that we can be grateful for. So it wasn't all bad for everybody. Amen? Uh, so we thank God for that. But, uh, you know, for Hain and I, let me just tell you something. It wasn't plain sailing. It was the escalator ride. It was one step forward and two step backwards during the year. Um, as they struggled for the child and then as they went through the whole uh, rigmarole of getting their home and then businesses and trying to find people to work with them, it wasn't just all plain sailing. Uh, and, and, and it's never that way. It, it, it's, it's, you know, you kind of feel, well, God, if you're going to bless me, surely it's just got to be the wind in my sails all the way. Right? Do I have to struggle for anything if it's God? Mm, yes. <laughs> it, we still have to go through those things. But God has blessed us, and we thank Him for what He's done. He's done amazing things. However, I have got bad news for you. Satan is not happy with your victories. He never is. You can't please that guy. Never, ever happy with it. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's his business. That's what he's all about, trying to take from you. He wants to take back from you what God has given you. He's not happy with any victory that you've got, whether it was a healing victory, whether it was a promotion, finances, relationships. It doesn't matter. He wants to take it back from you. So here's the instruction given to us by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13 of the New Living Translation. He says, be on God. It gives us four things that we need to do. Four things we need to do. Number one, be on God. Number two, can you see what it says? Stand firm in the faith. Stand firm. Number three, be courageous. And number four, be strong. And so you'd think to yourself now, well, if God's blessing me and everything's going well, why would I have to be on God, stand firm, be courageous, and be strong? Because that's, in fact, what's required, because you do have an enemy that's trying to take from you what God has given you. He's trying to take it back. He wants to steal it back from you. So literally, we must be vigilant. Be on our God. We have to be vigilant, because the Scripture tells us, that we have an enemy going around as a roaring lion seeking to devour, right? He's seeking to devour. Now, who is he seeking to devour? Let me, t let me tell you who I believe he's seeking to devour. First, he's seeking to devour the unprepared. He can devour the unprepared. He can also devour the ignorant. If you are not aware that it's God's plan and will and purpose for you to be healed, he will take the health that you've got, and then you may even... Blame God for the condition that you're in. Mm -hmm. So the ignorant get taken. Tell you who else gets taken, the weak. 
The weak in faith get taken. It's so important that we build our faith and we exercise our faith so that when things come, you can stand against what's coming using your faith. The weak gets taken. And another, another group that gets taken, and listen carefully, is those who wander away from the flock. Another 99 and the one story. Okay, so the one wanders away from the flock. What is so dangerous about that? What is so, why is this, this one sheep become so vulnerable? Is because the wolf can get hold of that one sheep and the shepherd is not close to it. They have moved away. Listen carefully. They have moved away from the shepherd. They have moved away from the collection of the body. They have moved away whether they're doing their own thing or whatever it is or whether they've got lazy or tardy. It doesn't matter. They have moved away. They could have stopped praying, reading the Bible, don't attend church anymore, but they have moved away and they get caught up in the currents of the world. It's so easy to do, and so they become vulnerable. The weak, those who, those who wander away, the ones who are unprepared, and those who are not vigilant. You must be aware of what's going on. Scripture tells us, resist the devil and what? He will flee from you. All right? It didn't say he'll flee from God. It says he'll flee from you. So you have to resist the devil, and that's the reason we have to be resilient and stand God. Be firm in our faith. Satan wants to steal the promise that God gave you that is now in your heart. Whether that promise came from Prophet Andre, or whether that promise came from someone giving you a personal word of prophecy, or whether you got that promise during your prayer time at home, uh, your quiet time, and you're reading the Bible, and something jumped out at you, and go, whoa, that is so awesome. Or whether you're at work, or driving your car on the freeway, whatever it is, and you got that word from God, you got that inspiration, something came to you, and God gave you a word of promise. Satan wants to get that out. He doesn't want that seed to grow into a big tree and produce fruit. And the quicker he can get a hold of it, the easier it is for him to get it out. Jesus told us this in Mark chapter 4, verse 14. He said, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, watch now, Satan comes when? Say that again. Immediately. He doesn't even wait for the service to finish. He doesn't wait for you to get into a, park, a parking lot argument. Or an argument at the car on the way home. He comes immediately and takes away what? Notice what he takes away is the word. He's after the promise. He takes away the word that was sown in your heart. And verse 16, these likewise are the ones who sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so they endure only for a time afterwards now watch what happens when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble so they do end up stumbling what caused them to stumble the first thing that causes them to stumble is tribulation what do you think tribulation is trouble tough times yeah would you agree with that Tough times. See, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone challenging your faith, as in being persecuted because you're a Christian. It just means going through life's struggles, going through difficult times at life. And then the alarm clock goes off and you go, oh no, I've got to get up again. Here we go again. And it goes on and on. And you go like, I need to catch my breath. I need to catch my breath. Stop the world for a moment. Let me get off, catch my breath. Doesn't it ever stop? And life doesn't stop. Only people who don't have to get up in the morning are those underground. 
So, life has troubles. Troubles is called tribulation. And if you allow it, the tribulation will get a hold of that word that has been put in your heart and will squash the promise. Squeeze the life out of that promise. And the joy that you initially got when you heard that promise will be squeezed out. And you'll, you'll suffer the loss. You know, God has opened doors for us this year. And He's also shut some doors. And, uh, you know, they, they were in your best interest. When we were, when we were serving as diplomats in South, Afri- uh, in, uh, South Africa House, London, at Trafalgar Square in 1974, um, a young man from South Africa sent us a prophetic word. His name was Hilton. And Hilton was a young man that Jackie and I were actually mentoring at that time before we left from South Africa to go to London. And he gave a prophetic word. In fact... Uh, this was one of the times that God actually spoke to my heart about being called to ministry. And uh, I want to read to you the scripture that he gave me at that time. And it's found in Revelations 3 verse 7. It says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. No one can shut it, for you have little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. So, God has made a way during this year for many of us where there seemed to be no way. He has opened doors that no man can shut because when God opens a door, no man can shut. He's also shut doors that no man can open. Now, question, why would he shut doors? Well, possibly for your protection. Possibly you had been making the wrong uh, wrong decision, going the wrong direction, and God said, no, you you don't want to do that, and just shut the door on you. Maybe you were applying for a job, and you thought you were going to get it, and then for some reason it fell through. You go, why would that happen? And God said, well, I've got a a better one for you. That's not the way I want to, uh, that's not where I want you to go. So God sometimes will shut a door for protection for you and to guard you from your own mistakes. He cares about, it. he loves you. So he's there to take care of you. But you know what? The scripture said he has opened a door for us. He has opened a door. And, and, and I'm laying the groundwork now for my next sermon after Joey in the new year that God is opening doors in the year 22. And I'm so excited. I want to start preaching already what the Lord has shown me, but I'm going to hold back for it. But I can tell you now, it's going to be an awesome year. It's going to be an awesome year. um, And God is going to do some amazing things for those who press into Him. Let me finish reading verse 10. Because you have kept my uh, command to persevere, also... I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. So, because you've persevered, he says, and you continue to persevere, what is going to happen? I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial. What do you think the hour of trial is? The what? The tribulation. Next week, you can sit in the front row, brother. You've got all the answers, okay? (laughs) 
Tribulation, exactly. Tribulation. I'm going to keep you from the tribulation, he said, is going to come upon the whole world to test everybody. So for those who think that we're going to go for the tribulation, <clears throat> put this one in your pipe and smoke it. I'm going to keep you from it. People say, well, uh, you, the rapture is a cop-out. Uh-huh. Why would I argue with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a cop-out, all right. Thank you. I'm, I'll take it. I'm, I'm out of here. Thank you, Lord. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial. It's going to come upon the whole world to test them. And behold, I'm coming quickly. It was 2,000 years ago. You know, just a minute, I'll be there. Just... 2,000 years is a minute with God, right? But you know what? It's, it's closer than it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, 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 prophesied. It's closer. I have a word of knowledge for you. The rapture is closer. So he says, hold fast what you have, that no one take your crown. Again, we are told, even though God has opened doors and shut doors, He says, hold fast what you've got. There is definitely Satan trying to take from you everything, including your crown. He wants to take it away. I want you to say this with me. Protect my pea patch. Say it again. Protect my pea patch. Hey, are we in church or what? You know, you're supposed to be good sheep. You're supposed to say, amen. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to fight me like goats, but, 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 no. Thank God for all the buts in church. Say, protect my pea patch. All right, so let's read a story in 2 Samuel 23, verse 11. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils. What's lentils? There you see. Peas, what I told you. It's in the Bible. Israel's troops fled from them, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field of peas. And he defended it. He defended his pea patch. He protected his pea patch. What a great sermon. <laughs> Protect your pea patch. He defended it and he struck the Philistines down and the Lord brought about a great victory. You have to protect what God has given you. Even if the Philistines are coming. Even if everybody else runs. The whole Israeli troop, everybody ran. You left this one guy. that You can have the pea patch. It's not worth defending, but he thought it was. His honor was at stake. And God's honor was at stake. No, no, I'm not going to give this up. God has given us this. This is our pea patch. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to stand and fight. I'm going to fight against the Philistines. I'm going to fight against Satan. Whatever it is, whatever God has given you. If everybody else runs, you go, if I'm the only person that has faith in my family, I will stand against the works of the evil for my family, and God will bring a great victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's the kind of courage you've got to have. You know, I want to read a quote from Pastor Cindy. She, 
She wrote uh, in, in the uh, Children's Church magazine, the Raw segment. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. It's a great, great magazine. This is what she wrote. She said, the Lord showed me that we are in a moment in time that seems like we are facing a line, a challenge we can't see past that appears to be taking everything from us. We have a decision to make, a decision that will determine our destiny. We can run away from what we're afraid of, but then we will be running for the rest of our lives. Or we can face our fears, take a flying leap of faith, and be a lion chaser. Everybody say, protect my pea patch. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about facing the lion. Don't turn your back on the lion. Don't run away. The, if, you, if they had run away forever, those Philistines would have been there pursuing them forever. Do you know that you cannot run away from your problems? Because you are your problem. Wherever you go, your problem goes with you. You have got to fix you. You have got to get God to fix you. And your problems will just suddenly disappear. They will just dissolve. But the problems are in your life. And so running doesn't help. You know, leaving here and going to Texas, Ohio. Oh, bless you guys. Um, we love the people that are watching online. We love you so much. We do. But you have to stand and face the challenge. And our challenge's name is Satan. And the demon spirits are coming after us, but we're going to stand and protect our pea patch. We're going to stand and protect what God has given us. We're not going to give it up. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? All right. So write this down if you're taking notes. It's very simple. Stand fast. Hold on to typo. There's a word missing. It's my fault. Stand fast. Hold on. Refuse to doubt. Despite severe headwinds. Now I'm going to say this up front, giving you some, some news about next year. There are going to be more headwinds. And unfortunately, they're going to be worse. Okay? Going to be worse. However, even as the Bible says, when sin abounds, what does abound? Grace does what? Much more abounds. I believe that even as the darkness gets darker, the light's going to get brighter. Even as the sin begins to, 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 to blow up and to expound and to get worse, I believe there's going to be a move of righteousness in God's people. And I'm saying, whether the devil is coming against God's people and against them, there are going to be people that are going to shine for Jesus. They will protect their pea patch, even in the face of gale force winds. You're going to see, I'm telling you, are going to see such miraculous moves of God in your life. It will stagger you. It will stagger you. Okay, I need to hold this back. As you can see, it's bubbling out. I need to hold this thing back. I'll keep it for two weeks from now. All right. So Jeremiah 32 verse 17 says, You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Say that with me. There is nothing too hard for you. All right? There's nothing. There's nothing too hard for God. It doesn't matter what you're facing in life. It doesn't matter. God is still victorious. He's on the throne. And nothing, nothing frightens God. Okay? Nothing frightens God. He didn't get surprised as to who became president. He doesn't get surprised. He knows these things. But listen to me. Oh, I'm still going for my coming week. God's purposes, God's plan, 
God's provision, God's protection. You're going to see it coming in the new year in a divine way that you've never seen before. All right, back to here, Henry. Stay with this. Okay. So do you know in the depth of your heart that God is able to do all things? Do you know in the very inside being, your being, that it can't be hit, beaten out of you? It can't be that, when, when, that nothing is too hard for God. You've, you've got to settle nothing is too hard for God. Amen? It's inside there. So, <laughs> looking to 2022, we're going to have to lean into God. We're going to have to lean upon the everlasting arms of God. We're going to have to press into His presence. I can't stop myself. I'm trying. I promise you I'm trying. Why, why do we have to press in to His presence? Why do we have to press into His presence? It's not hard to get into His presence. It's hard to get out of our busyness. It's not hard. It's not difficult to get into His presence. The difficulty we have is getting out of our busyness. Everything, everything that we do as a substitute for spending time with God, we promote in our life above God. Every time you choose, every time you choose not to spend time with God, you're choosing to elevate your own ability above the ability of God. The battle is the battle is won in the spirit realm. And it manifests in the natural realm. You will not succeed in 22 if you try and do it with your logical, reasoned mind. If you try and do it manually. You're going to have to do it spiritually. All right? You're going to have to win the battle in the spirit. And if you don't, you're going to be capsized. promise you. Things are going to turn from bad to worse. So, be determined, moving forward, be determined to maintain your momentum. I'm going to write that down. That's a good one. WTD means write this down. It's an abbreviation for those who do, uh, you know, Instagram and things like that, if you don't know what WT means. Texting, that works for texting as well. <laughs> Be determined to maintain your momentum. Some of you have begun to feel a shift. You've begun to feel a shift. You've begun to feel wind in your sails. You've begun to feel that there's, there's increase, that something is happening, that, that there is a momentum that's occurring in your life in the right direction. You're moving in the right direction with this. So there's, there's, there's a tailwind. Something is coming up. There's a tailwind. You're starting to, uh, things are happening. Things are happening. So Philippians 4.13 says, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Press on towards the goal. Straining to what is ahead and press on to the goal. In other words, don't take your foot off the gas because you're beginning to experience this tailwind. 
Don't take your foot off the gas because your sails are now filled and your boat has begun to move. By all means, take a breather. By all means, take a breather, but then double down. Catch your breath and then double down. I know you've all partaken in the little game of tug of war, right? As kids, you've all done it and maybe even as adults. And you know they've got a team on that side, a team on this side. They've got a rope and they've got a knot in the middle and there's a line in the sand. And then the, the, the guy in charge, the umpire, says, take your strain. And then everybody leans in. They lean in. Not allowed to move yet, but everybody leans in and the strain gets tight. And then he says, pull. And you begin to pull. And they go this way and this way and this way and this way. Who wins? Who wins the competition? The team who gets momentum. Momentum is the, is the key to success. The moment you begin to sense that, that thing, you tell your team, pull, pull, pull. You've got to get that thing going harder and you don't quit. You pull harder. If the team quits in any way, if one person in that team quits, the team loses instantly because the other team that's pulling pulls it over. I want you to keep your momentum up. You're moving in the right direction. You're praying, you're reading the Bible, you're giving, you're coming to church, you're praising, you're worshiping, and things are happening in your life, and you've got momentum. Don't quit. Don't quit. This is the time that you put your foot on the gas, and you begin to move stronger and stronger. Now, what gives us confidence to hold on and to not let go, to be bold and to hold, to be bold and to hold? What gives us that confidence? Well, I believe resilience comes from knowing deep down inside of us that God cannot break His Word. That is the foundation to everything. God cannot break His Word. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about the integrity of God's Word. The integrity. Now, I've got a couple of words I want to give you that will help you understand integrity. Integrity means honest, reliable, trustworthy, true, accurate, factual, unwavering. I'll give it to you again. Integrity means honest, reliable, trustworthy, true, accurate, factual, unwavering. So it's not fluid. God's Word is not fluid. doesn't comply with society. doesn't move with cultural changes. It doesn't have to be updated to fit in with this culture. It is not fluid. It is cast in stone. It is trustworthy. It's true. It's factual. The best definition I can give you of integrity is this, the character of God. That's the best definition I give. That's what integrity means. Because, you see, God and His Word are one. So if I've said all this about God's Word, I could say exactly the same thing about God. But you know, you and your Word are one. People judge you by your Word. If you say one thing and don't do it, then they know, well, that person says this and doesn't do it. Then what do we, what do we think about the person? So your Word or you are only as good as your Word. If you make a promise to somebody, you keep the promise, you're a person of integrity. If you don't keep the promise... You're not a person of integrity. What is the opposite of being honest? See, the person who's not a person of integrity, the opposite of being reliable, unreliable, trustworthy, untrustworthy, false, accurate, inaccurate, factual, unwavering, wavering. All of those things are opposites of integrity. So your word and your bond must be the same. Do what you say. And say what you do. 
It's very, very important. Okay? So, God's word cannot be broken, cannot be canceled, cannot be reversed, can never be false, cannot be made void. Once God has said it, it is accomplished. It's a done deal. All right? So, here's another thing you can write down. The word of God is either entirely true or entirely false. There's no part of God's word that's true and part of God's word that's false. The Bible is either entirely true as a word of integrity or it is false. You have to make up your mind. Do I believe it all or I believe it not at all? Where do you stand in the Bible? That's it. It's a very simple decision you have to make. But that's what the Bible tells us in, in Numbers 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No, no. Once God, what God has spoken, what God has spoken is done and accomplished the moment the words come out of his mouth. They cannot be reversed. God's word, if you're writing down, you're making notes, God's words are irreversibly completed. Irreversibly completed. The moment God said it, it's done. And cannot be reversed. What am I saying? The promises that God gave you, you should be holding on to knowing that Satan wants to reverse them. But you say, wait a minute, God's word can't be reversed. I don't have to quit on it. Don't have to give up. God's word is a word of integrity and will never, ever change. The cross cannot be reversed. The empty tomb cannot be reversed. None of the things that God has done can be reversed. The blessings of God cannot be reversed. Once He's blessed you, that's it. It's done. Because God cannot lie. He cannot lie. If God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. It is so. All right? It is so. See, the truth remains the truth whether you believe it or not. God's word is truth. But if you want to enjoy the benefits of the promises of God, you have to believe them. You can never enjoy what God said unless you believe it. It just won't work for you. That's the way, that's the way God designed it. So keep on trusting God. Keep on trusting God. This is, what's going to, this is what's going to happen in the new year. We're going to stand fast. We're going to hold on, right? Listen to what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 1.23. For it is by your own faith that you stand. So how do I stand fast? How do I stand fast? It is by your own faith that you stand firm. 2 Corinthians 4.1 says, we never give up. We never give up. You see, Satan can't win if we don't quit. Satan cannot win if we don't quit. So we never give up. And James 4, 7 says, So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we've got victory everywhere. We've got a reason for victory. We've got foundation for victory. We've got God's promise for victory. There's no reason for us to quit. There's no reason for us to give up. There's no reason to allow Satan to steal from us what God has given. Amen? We resist it. Now I want to do another couple of quotes from the children's magazine again, children's church magazine, again from Raw. Sophia was asked this question, one of the children. How do you normally deal with an attack from the devil? 
She said, when I feel like I'm under attack, I go to prayer, to people for support, worship, and reading the Bible. The devil cannot survive all of that. Isn't that cute? Come on, we can learn from our kids, can't we? Now, Jacob, the brother of Sophia, was asked this question. What helps you deal with things the devil brings to you? And his answer was, I pray in tongues and English. I ask Jesus for help. And then I command those things to leave and declare that I have the opposite of what the devil's trying to bring. Can we give those kids a round of applause? Thank you, Children's Church, for what they teach. Amen? Now, you know, we know the parents through their children. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. And so I just want to say great job, Rhett and Tammy. Uh, you've got great kids, and it's uh, awesome to hear them say things like this. Amen? Amen? So let's give them a round of applause. And all our children, all our parents that are in the church are doing such a great job with the, with the children and our wonderful children's church, Pastor Lindsay and all the helpers there. Thank you for what you're doing. Amen. So are we going to stand fast and hold on? Yes. You believe that? Yes. Victory is ours. Praise God. So as we go into 2022, we're going to make... Uh, we're going to cut through the headwinds. We're going to overcome those speed bumps. We're going to not let the devil steal from us what God has given to us. We have a great future God's plan for us. It's going to be a year of hope, a year of deliverance, a year of success, a year of prosperity, a year of health. Even though the rest of the world is going to go dark and things are going to happen, I want to tell you something. God is going to do something great. Do you remember when the plagues hit uh, Egypt? God's people were kept in the land of Goshen. Even though all hell broke loose over them, God's people were protected from what was going on. I believe in the name of Jesus that we have a word for the season that God is going to do great and mighty things in our life as we move in, irrespective of what goes on around us. Can you say amen? All right, let's stand and give God praise. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, before we close, um, I want to give people an opportunity who have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to give you an opportunity, listen carefully to what I'm going to say, to bring your life to God and receive God's life. I want you to come into a union with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, God Himself. If I was to introduce to you a famous sports person, musician, Hollywood star, somebody that you really think good about, and I would say they're standing here, and they're waiting to meet you. Not only are they waiting to meet you, they're wanting to become your friend. And they're going to invite you to their home to hang with them. This celebrity that you've always thought was so amazing, is waiting. They want to be part of your life. They want to invite you to be part of their life. They're going to invite you to come to their home. They're going to help you if you have any financial needs. Whatever your needs are, they said we'll do their best to take care of you. But I'd like to have a good relationship with you. Now I'm telling you that God is offering you more than that. He's offering you a relationship with Him for all eternity. 
that won't only last in the earth, but will last for eternity. And he's saying, bring your life. I'm waiting for you. I'd like to be part of your life and give you abundant life. And whatever your needs are, I will meet them for you. That is what God is offering you. Come and meet him. Come and meet Jesus. Come and meet God the Father. Every eye closed. If you want to take me up on that invitation, just slip out of your seat and come down. And I'm going to introduce you to the Father and to Jesus. I don't want to delay this. I simply want to make it a very simple invitation. Let go of your life the way you know it. That's a life without God. And come and receive God. Come and join your life to His. I'm going to ask one more time. If you're going to come, would you come now? All right, you may look up at me. Now we're going to pray for those who need anything. I have my ministry team come forward. If you need prayer for healing, if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, if you decided, you know what, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, I'm going to take Pastor up on his offer, I'm going to come on down, you can come on down as well. If you need prayer for your family or something's going on, you know, if somebody took your Christmas present yesterday and you want people to pray so you can forgive them, you can come down. If you ate too much yesterday and you need to repent, you can come down as well. Whatever you need. Amen? Amen. Come on down. God bless you for coming out today. I know you love the Lord with all of your heart. Have a great week and a happy new year to all of you. It's going to be fantastic. As you see, I can't wait to teach and to preach prophetically what God has shown me for the new year. God bless you all.